0: Okay, today is a bit of a rant about why you should make money, why making money and wanting money are great for you and the world and the people around you. You should make money for whatever reason you want or not make money for whatever reason you want. What I don't want you to do is avoid it or tell yourself it's wrong to make money for some reason that feels like truth to you, but that you've never actually challenged. So if you listen to this episode and you still don't want to make money, I'm totally good with that, but only if you truly decide it with your logical brain and go through the process of challenging your reasons, both for and against money. If you're choosing to not make money because you're being stubborn and stuck with what you've always believed or what you were taught or what you think your morals and religion tell you, then I have not done my job and I would love to hear from you. I love learning why people hold their different beliefs and relationships with money. Okay. Every time I talk to someone who won't leave her job that she completely hates because it offers benefits and a secure salary, and maybe that money is not even that good, I want to smack her and ask her why she thinks that choice is secure or better than another option. She may be completely right, and that's totally cool. But usually the conversation is centered around blindly accepting this as her fate instead of really deciding with power and authority for herself. And when I meet a woman who doesn't leave a miserable or even abusive relationship because her partner makes the money, I die a little on the inside. I get that these are often complicated situations, but I also want you to know that you can make it without that relationship. It will be hard to change initially, but you are strong and you do not ever need to accept misery as false security. This one feels less extreme, but it's what I see almost daily in some form. You don't think you can charge more money or charge at all or charge enough to cover your costs or enough to give you spacious, wonderful means to live by and run your business with. And it might be because you think you aren't valuable enough or your services aren't valuable, or that it's not really you who deserves the credit for the work, or you think the service or product you provide should be free or cheap to the people who want or need it. Sometimes people solve that by starting a not-for-profit company. And I have a whole list of thoughts about that for another day. But more often what happens is that you just keep struggling to make ends meet, keep your prices where they are, You start resenting your clients or your competitors or your friends or anyone who seems to either be making more than you or have opinions about you or they aren't paying you. I talk a lot with women about a lot of money-related things in their business and their life. And I have my own drama and struggles and thoughts to unravel as I learn and grow as well. But I want to share some of the biggest truths I've learned about money and some of the reasons that I believe these things because ultimately I think everything is just a belief. We just get to choose the ones that work well for us. Here's what I believe. Money is for you. You are worthy of all the money, and so is everyone else. The more value you put into the world and share with others, the more money you will receive. Although the value given and the value received aren't always transactionally related, like they aren't matched in timing, like just because you do one thing right now doesn't mean it's going to result in money immediately. But you get to choose for yourself how you want to charge your clients, how you want to run your business and your life, and how you want to handle your money. Not your parents, not your kids, not your spouse, your friends, your church, and certainly not me. I'm here because I want to challenge you. I want you to take the time to listen to this episode today And really challenge your reasons for everything that you either already believe or if you have really strong thoughts come up as I say my words, I want you to challenge that and say, why am I thinking that? What could I think instead? Do I like that other thing? Do I have any evidence for that? Just really examine it. It's how we grow. Even the most enlightened business owners, experienced money people who have a great relationship with money people with large chunks of cash sitting in their bank, they can all always expand and challenge their money habits and beliefs because all of us are always learning new things, incorporating new experiences and growing our capacity to create, have and receive money, value, worth and success in the world. So if you feel like one of these people that I've described, know that I love you and I understand you and I am right there with you at all sorts of different times. So I'm going to share some stories with you to help you challenge what you're currently accepting as the truth of money in your life and the world. My goal is that you think hard and leave this episode with beliefs that you have actively chosen for yourself and that you like your reasons. So here's what I believe. There are no absolutes with money. There is no correct, moral, absolutely correct way To make, have, and use money. And there is no definitively wrong way either. My favorite way that I've heard to describe money is as a flow of energy between people. Granted, when I first heard that, I was deep in my accountant math brain, and I thought, that's really weird. I don't get it. And I kept trying it on, and asking people, explain it to me a different way. Tell me what you think about that. What does this really mean? Reading books, trying to get my hands around this and be like, oh, and it makes a lot more sense to me now. So let me offer this as a way to help you if you're like me. Think of money as a tangible substitute to represent that flow. Or if you like economics, money simplifies the exchange of things like chickens, cows, clothes, medicine, and vegetables. Each of those things is worth different quantities of the other things and has different shelves, slides, different weights. They take up different amounts of space, all sorts of things. And they're all kind of hard to carry around with you when you want to go shopping. So money simplifies that to a common language where we want to exchange things. Ultimately, the exchange of money or value between two people is still a vibrational energetic exchange. Both parties agree there's a certain amount of energy or value exchanged between them. And money is just the convenient way to describe the value in a way that both people can agree on. Hopefully that helps if you have a very strong money is evil kind of thought process. If you can see it as, Oh, I'm just exchanging value. And I'll, I have an example coming up that I think will help with that as well. So let's say. You operate in the world of providing services in healing, wellness, or spirituality. Money tends to get very mixed reactions and approaches here. Some people charge and pay large sums for spiritual guidance and experiences. And some people have very strong opinions about that. Others feel that this is the realm of simply what already exists in the universe, and therefore charging for access to it feels wrong. Others feel it's wrong to charge for things that are intended to help people who need it. And I think all of these are perfectly valid thoughts, and I don't even want you to let go of them. But I also think that people pay for what they do value. So I want you to try on some other ideas here. Even if you are a vessel interpreting, channeling, or sharing information that you believe already exists in the world, your service is bridging the gap between the world's. And that is highly valuable to the person who can't access that realm or understand the information otherwise. You're also interpreting information into a form that can be consumed, understood, and hence useful. That's the value. There is so little new information in the world today and there is so much information available that information alone is not necessarily valuable. Anyone with internet access can find something they want if they're willing to search a little. It's what we do with the information, how it's organized and simplified that becomes super valuable. Not to mention, as any kind of expert in any field, you've probably read, researched, and studied extensively on your subject. So you can very pointedly identify how to help your people and do it quickly that's what you're receiving money for. That's the value you're providing. So if you needed help bridging the gap between, is it me or is it stuff that's free or what's the value I'm actually doing? Hopefully that helps you. Finally, even if you don't think that you should receive money, people like to pay for things that they value. You don't need to create false value by creating prices that feel totally off to you. But people who want what you offer will likely feel more comfortable and safe paying you for it. We're used to paying for valuable things. If we don't pay, we aren't exchanging equal energy with what you are giving, which creates an imbalance in our mind. Probably it creates an imbalance for you as well. And it might even create a lack of trust. Kind of an interesting perspective, right? Okay, so now for the people who tell me I shouldn't charge that much because my people can't afford to pay that much. I hear this one a lot from clients and friends in general. Maybe it's in a different form, but it's that general sentiment. A common suggestion to debunk this is simply to find new people, find something that they'll pay for, like what will they pay for? Or you can work to find a way to make what you're doing available for less. But also sustainable for you to provide at the price you feel is more appropriate and affordable. In general, I think that's decent advice. Sometimes you really just need to kind of snap out of a rut of thinking and try these other perspectives on. Like, why am I trying to sell to someone that I don't think wants to pay for it? Or I like these people. What would they want to pay for? Or why am I trying to sell them something that's really expensive? Why don't I make it something that's accessible? And how can I? make it that I can provide it for that price. That's what I mean by that. Those are the questions to ask yourself when you're stuck on, I can't charge that much. I also want to remind you how people know what they can and can't afford. It's simply something they decide based on their priorities. Affording something really means prioritizing it. It's not your job to know the details of your client's finances. That doesn't mean you chastise them for not choosing to spend their money with you. And it doesn't mean you get to judge them. You just don't need to make their choice mean that they're wrong or that something is wrong with you. People will always find a way to have what they want and need. I might think I can't afford a luxury car, while my friend with the same income as me thinks she can't afford the house I live in, but she definitely bought the luxury car. I know plenty of people who can't afford a vacation, but they can afford the latest iPhone every 12 months and eating dinner out four times a week. None of this means anything about any person's morality, intelligence, or responsibility with money. I just mean that we get to choose to afford based on what we are willing to afford and what we are willing to go without. And I offer all of this because I think so much of us just get in our heads that we think we know what other people's financial situations are based on certain things that we observe, but we really don't know. They can tell us and we can talk about it, but don't make any assumptions. And don't beat yourself up about it either. When I think of decisions this way about what you can afford, I feel much lighter making my decisions for my business based on what my business needs and what I think my clients will be served by best instead of what might they choose to afford or not. And it takes a lot of pressure off of me to feel a certain way or to do certain things to fit in other people's what I perceive they want. My favorite solution to the concern that if you raise your price to a level that sustains you more easily, that you'll be exploiting people or cutting off a large group of people who could use your services, is to ask how many people can you help and for how long if you keep charging a small amount or nothing at all. You really can help a lot more people when you charge. Think about work you have done for free. How do you feel when someone complains about the work or asks for more or doesn't even show up to use the product or attend the meeting that you set aside time to take with them? Even if you are a super nice and forgiving person, eventually this grates on your nerves at the very least. And at the other end of the spectrum, it leads you to burnout and bitter thoughts and giving up. So what if by charging? You help people decide that they really value what you're offering. You help them identify that they are the right fit for what you're doing. And you help yourself have the money, the energy, and the time to serve even more people. Because when you receive money for your services, you're able to improve how you deliver things. You can create more space in your brain for additional creativity and expansive problem solving, as opposed to reactively putting out fires type of problem solving which means you'll keep growing and finding new and better ways to help people. You'll have new ideas and more love and compassion to share. When you make little to no money helping the world, you spend more of your time, money, and energy surviving, grasping, and hoping that you'll scrape by. You don't feel safe to fully show up and be your full amazing self because what if someone doesn't like it? Maybe they won't buy from you and then what are you going to eat tonight? Maybe that's a little extreme, but I hope all of this helps to illustrate the differences between these different belief patterns. I always like to take my fears and beliefs when I find them to their extreme, to test their validity and to challenge whether I want to keep holding on to those. Finally, let's address a few of the other common challenges to making money on purpose. Things like, if I charge more or start making more money, I'll be a bad person. It's unfair for me to have more than someone else. Who am I to make lots of money? I don't need that much. These thoughts still challenge me some days. I can see the logic. I sometimes think they're true. And then I look for evidence for and against each one. Personally, I tend to find more evidence against these beliefs, hence we're discussing them here. And I also notice that the way I show up in my life and my business is much more useful, productive, and in service to my people when I'm not controlled, guided, or fueled by these types of beliefs. An idea that has radically changed how I approach business and my own personal finances is the belief that money is abundant. There's plenty for everyone. Money is always there for me. I truly believe these things. I also believe that it is every person's job to step up and realize their potential in each part of their life. Some people have a head start with the privilege they were born into. Sometimes money supports you because you earned it through your business. Other times it comes from unexpected sources, like a tax refund, an inheritance, a lottery win, the generosity of friends and family when you're down. It doesn't always matter where the money comes from, but it is always there. And listen. You probably are aware of this, but there is a system and a game in which money plays a role. It is deeply intertwined in how we live every part of our lives. So knowing that, what is your purpose? Like, what do you actually want to do with your life and in your business? Are you here to change the game that's been there forever? Or are you here to do the work that you're doing already? You can dislike the system. And you can even work to undo the system. But I believe systems fail from within, which means you start by playing the game. You figure it out and then you undo it if you want to from the inside. I don't see many systems falling because a couple of people decided that they would simply opt out. And to me, choosing not to make money in a system where money is key is is just choosing to opt out and it's not going to make a difference. That's a reason I like to make money, actually. I get to decide where it goes in that system. I can use it to change the system. I can use it to gift it to someone in need, to help a cause that matters to me, especially if it's a cause that I have no idea how to actually solve on my own. But there's someone who's doing the work, I can just give them the money that I made doing my thing. In my business, I can use extra income to offer discounts or free services to people who really want what I offer, would benefit greatly from it, But truly don't have the means at the moment. And yes, it's not my business whether they have the means, but people who wouldn't have been able to do it or wouldn't have chosen it, but would love to. And I can feel completely safe and abundant while doing it because it's extra income that I've created. I want you to think of all the ways you could use money in excess of what you need. Money is very influential in making change in the world, it solves a lot of problems. In fact, Generally, the things that we can solve with money aren't our bigger problems, but we sure could solve a lot with more money. So think about what problems would you solve if you have a few hundred thousand dollars or a few million dollars to spare? Kind of changes perspective, right? As for money changing you, I don't believe money changes people. I think money just lets you stop pretending to be who people thought you were or who you thought you had to be to fit in and survive. Money gives you the freedom to be more of yourself. And the people who don't like you when you have more money probably only liked you before because you fit into their small mold of rules. That doesn't mean anything's wrong with you or that you're bad. It just means you're free and you feel confident being you now. Not everyone will like that. But not everyone likes you right now either. Kind of a freeing way to look at it, huh? Okay, I hope this episode has given you a lot to think about, challenged some of your beliefs, and helped you be a little more aware of what you're choosing with money and why. If you want to share any thoughts with me, I would love to hear them. Send me a message or post on my social media and let me know. Have a great week and I will see you next week. Thanks for tuning in and remember to come back for more each week to keep your brain operating at its highest level so you can enjoy your accounting and finance career while also having a life you love. Want even more tips on living a life you love while feeling less stressed and more fulfilled in your accounting and finance work? Get on my email list where I share new perspectives every week. Seriously, I think you'll enjoy these emails. Sign up at the link in the show notes or by visiting my website at saranamachek.com.